Let's do it. Let's do it. Broadcasting from around the world, you're listening to The First 100, a podcast on how founders acquired their first 100 paying customers. Here's your host, Hadi Rodwan. Mark, good to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Very well. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Amazing. You're one of the few stories that we have on the podcast that's bootstrapped. Usually most of the people we have on the podcast, they've raised some sort of money. So tell us a little bit. You've built that 22 years ago. Yeah. What inspired you to build uh, MAD? And tell us the story. What's MAD? Uh, MAD was, uh, I got into the business through the printing industry, the advertising business through the printing industry back in the 90s when larger print shops were trying to have in-house agencies to just print more work, right? So kind of a failed idea from its start because you're not really looking out for the benefit of the customer. You're just trying to keep the presses running. So it was kind of a weird way to get into the industry to look at it and learn it just from that perspective. Still love the printing industry, still own a big commercial print shop and do some fulfillment and other things that support some of the e-com business that we do, but have always had like a love for tech. So I joke, but that's to me one of the most important things as an entrepreneur is to stay curious about things and to constantly want to learn about new things and new ways to do things and to bring that to your customers. And to me, that's what you get paid to do. That's the value that you bring is, you know, your creative thinking and your ability to bring them new ideas. Even if you might be a little early or a little ahead, it shows that you're thinking and you're testing. And, you know, sometimes that's the way that you uh, can kind of work out an idea that might be not exactly there yet, but you might be able to work it out for something that's coming in the near future. So if I'm a customer and I come to you, what do I expect? I mean, we're a creatively led company. Um, you know, I was a fine art photographer before I fell into graphic design, which led me into the printing industry. I, I would say most of the people that you work with here had a fine arts background in some way or another. Even some of the project managers have fine arts backgrounds. And we have a nonprofit here at MAD that supports the arts as well. So it, it seems to attract people in that same way. So for us, it's creative thinking. I mean, that's our favorite customer is the customer that comes to us with a problem that they've had trouble solving. And we don't care what it is. I can point to one in particular that we had no business doing really. It's probably my favorite project that we've done for a pretty large company. Uh, it's Southeast Toyota. They're uh, a distributor of Toyotas for the Southeast United States. And they wanted to capture photographs of the cars in 360 inside and out, but they needed to do it in the manufacturing lines and they needed to do it at high speed so that you needed to be able to do it in under 90 seconds, including driving the car in and out. And they had worked on it for three years and weren't able to solve it. They came to us for software. And when they explained to us the problem, we brought them a solution for the entire thing, piloted it in a warehouse that we had. And then built it, took that one and installed it in one of their three facilities. It ran for three months, worked, and then installed 16 more. And um, that's one of the things we're probably most proud of, you know, so it's. Take us back to your early customers. How did they find you or how did you find them? And if you fast forward to today, how did the acquisition strategies back then change? Is there new things that you've seen that no longer works? Yeah. Early, early days, it was a lot of word of mouth. Again, coming out of the printing industry, we were doing a lot of things. So we kind of had multiple segments that we were going after. And also being small, you didn't turn down anything. So anything that walked through the door, you took. And 
quite honestly, learning over a number of years, you learn that there's time vampires, that it doesn't really matter how much they're paying. It's just not worth it. Even from the way that we built websites, we used to do any website anybody wanted. So $3,000, $5,000, whatever it was. Then you start to learn, well, the $5,000 website takes me the same amount of time as the $25,000 website. And then you realize the $25,000 website more or less is the same amount of time to do a hundred or $125,000 website. You just build it a little more complicated and with a little more intelligence. So we started raising our minimums and started becoming a little more particular with who we worked with so that we could acquire customers that kind of, you hate to say it this way, but someone who's only got a certain amount of money to spend on the website, they're watching that a lot closer. They've got more revisions. They're questioning everything instead of just letting you do and guide them in the way that should be, which is what they come to you for in the first place. And then when it's someone who has a bigger budget for a website that way, they're hiring you and they're kind of already, it's almost like a professional customer versus a minor league customer, if that's a, any way to put it. And you can do better work that you can be more proud of that's more successful and, and all these other things, make more money and collect more of those and essentially be able to spread yourself out. And that was something that took a long time to learn because uh, as a small business person myself, I didn't like turning down work. I felt like I was being kind of snobbish, let's say. And I had to learn that it's just good business to do it that way. It was better for my employees. It was better for everybody involved, very honestly, for it. Um, it just didn't suit us anymore. So um, that was hard because the company started with me and a laptop. So through these things, there were lots of learning lessons along the way, and that was a hard one. How did you scale early on? You said you were alone with a laptop. How did you uh, figure out ways to grow your portfolio early on? <laughs> rolled up your sleeves and you knocked on doors, really. I mean, I didn't have obviously a sales team. It was just anybody that I did work for, I encouraged them to pass me on to other people if, if they thought I did a good job and thought that I treated them fairly. And the word of mouth stayed for probably the first five, six years of the company that way. And then we brought on our first salesperson who was like an industry salesperson, but we just did things differently. They came from a bigger agency and I thought I could roll them in. It was pretty unsuccessful. We tested it for about a year and it just didn't work. They didn't know how to sell us because we weren't a traditional advertising agency because we did so many things. And then similarly, I tried with print salespeople. I thought, all right, maybe they'll understand and they're salespeople after all, they should be able to sell. So they had no idea about the tech and all the other things. So it was kind of lost. And um, our first successful salesperson was actually a copywriter that worked for us for a few years. His copy was okay, but it just wasn't at the level that we wanted it to be, but he understood the company perfectly. And oddly enough, really great kid could talk to anybody. I actually was in behind him in line at a coffee shop. And I watched him just strike up conversations with like three different people in the coffee shop that he didn't know. And I was like, oh, man, this kid's like a born salesman. And so I asked him, I was like, hey, you want to give this a shot? Started out making him do cold calling just to get his teeth kicked in. And then uh, it was about eight months, he started to turn that corner, he understood us perfectly and then he was able to sell us and um eventually he was able to train other salespeople, which worked and that was kind of the start of our first kind of group of sales inside salespeople. how long did it take you to reach your first hundred paying customers so early on it was a little different because of some of the printing and the other things that we did so probably you know within the first three or four years we were probably there based on small um, at that time printing business cards or flyers or brochures or whatever it was it was kind of smaller right I would say now our customer base is probably in the 60s or 70s. It's kind of been this real solid atmosphere. But we've also now started to develop products of our own. We're realizing 
we do that for clients every day. So why can't we develop products of our own that we can then go out there and sell? We've developed like a configurator for websites so people can show their products in 3D and do exploded views and insides and add accessories and these sorts of things. And we put that out to market about two months ago. And I'd say we're already at like 25 customers for that. So I think that that's something that we'll see 100 customers just on that alone. But it's different than kind of what we do on a daily basis on the pure advertising side. If I'm starting my agency today and I'm coming to you for advice, where do you give me an advice to start and find customers and what channels that will work for me instead of me going and experimenting? So I don't know. I mean, just as a marketer, that's something you kind of have to do, right? We do A-B split testing on ourselves. We have inside sales staff, but we've also tried a number of different outside sales tactics. Sometimes you just look at it as a marketing expense too, right? It's getting your name out there. They're not really bringing in, you know, you look at it and you're like, oh, if, if they can close one deal, it'll pay for the whole year's worth of expense. In our experience, we've gotten basically maybe one deal out of it. It hasn't been a great experience. And then even some of the ones that we've tried with people on LinkedIn that kind of speak for you as if they're you on LinkedIn. I thought it was terrible experience, very honestly. It sounded nothing like me and I felt like it was really disingenuous and I felt like anybody with a inkling of intelligence would see right through it. And um, that's on the flip side. If I have advice for anybody, it's do honest work. If you do what you say you're going to do when, when it's supposed to be done and at the price it's you're quoted, it's kind of hard to lose. So many people don't do that. And I think in the advertising business, there's particularly on the larger companies that are just not as nimble or as agile you're starting to see them start to falter. I mean, they're, they're almost too big to fail, but you're starting to see a lot of complaints with that because they have these layers that are just meant there to add billable hours. They're not really bringing a value to the project or the client. People are starting to see through it, you know, I think um, particularly with the way the questions about how the economy was going to go over the last year or so, people are looking at their budgets a little tighter and seeing what am I getting for this? And our largest client got acquired and we were one of maybe six agencies that were working with them at the time and it got acquired by a, a fortune 100 company who probably works with 100 agencies right or uh, certainly in the double digits right and we're the only one of the six that's left and i was like why would that be what makes us different and it's we just approach it different i'm, I'm looking to build a partnership with my clients i'm not looking to squeeze every penny i can out of them at every turn and i think it's appreciated and the things that i was talking about before we don't test things on the, our client's dime. We test it on ourselves and then we'll bring it to the client with some data saying, hey, we tested this thing. Here's how we got there. Here's the numbers on how we got there. We think this could work for you on this product and take a look, see what you think. And so it becomes, hey, I've already put in some effort and some skin in the game on my own dime to bring you this idea that I have. Do you want to test it? And They'll say yes or no based on the strength of, you know, our pitch then. But at least at that point, we've, we're bringing them real, real intelligence and real data that's relevant to them in some way or another, because we're always thinking about them when we're doing the tests. So that's it. I think it's a different approach than I've seen. Again, I've never worked anywhere else. So really worked anywhere else in the advertising world. So a lot of the people that we have here that have come from bigger agencies say it's just a completely different approach than the bigger agencies the bigger agencies you know they got stockholders to you know to answer to and they got to make sales and here you know obviously we want to make money but you know we're interested in doing good work and i joke but i think if you can be successful in what you do the money will come so if i can make my clients happy and make my clients successful 
I should be rewarded in turn. And it's worked out so far pretty well. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing this, Mark. What's your hiring strategy like? How do you hire and make sure that the people that you bring on board are the right fit, especially when we talk about salespeople, where usually the churn rate is higher. Is there a framework or a strategy you've used successfully over the past 22 years? Very honestly, it's not an area that I've been real successful with. Just in pure honesty, it's hard. We have someone now who came from a completely different industry. He was actually a friend of the gentleman that I spoke about before. He came out of the crew, uh, actually out of the yachting industry. And in his interview, he told a story about how he couldn't break through. He was selling fuel to the yachting industry and he couldn't break through because none of the docks or the marinas where the, they wouldn't let him in to go talk to anybody as they shouldn't. Right. So he waited for the boat show and he said, it's basically impossible to get anybody in this show if you don't have a booth. And he's like, so I just went to the bar where I knew they'd all be at the end. I was like, oh, I mean, that kid's got, he's got some grit to him and he'll figure it out if he needs to. And so far, like he's been our salesperson for that configurator that I was talking about. And it's taken him a little while, you know, to get as I expected it would be, but what is he in his seventh or eighth month and starting to kill it. But other than that, it's been hit or miss. I haven't figured anything out. And that's definitely not a strong suit of ours. Is there any red flags that you've accumulated over, you know, the past period when you've interviewed now you could realize that, oh, I've seen these past interviews and the results were as follows. So you'd avoid at least. Yeah. I mean, I think a couple of things for us, it's really understanding that we're different. So somebody that's coming in here, that's been working for agencies for 15 years, I think they're going to have a hard time with us if that's how their personality is, unless they're kind of like an oddball personality that fits with kind of how we are or could get it really quickly. And it's not their fault. We just do things different and it's hard to understand. And we do a lot of things, right? So most advertising agencies are pretty focused in what they do, you know, and we have so many different, I mean, sometimes I have a hard time talking about it. So if me as the namesake and the owner of the company has a hard time explaining everything we do, I, how am I expecting someone else to do it successfully in a sales role? That's even been something we've had iteration after iteration of the website, trying to narrow that story down to tell it completely because we've grown by opportunity. So we've seen an opportunity to grow something that if I explained it to you, like it would, why does an advertising agency have a fulfillment shop? It really doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Why am I doing POP or kidding or any of these other ancillary things that we do? And we do them really well. We've built all the software for all these things and operated at 0% error rates and all these things. Um, we always look at it as just another way to know how our customers, how they're doing, how can we touch customers, how can we improve the buying experience or the experience with the products or any of these other things. We always find a way to bring it back, but it's, I wouldn't exactly say it's a well thought out plan. We see an opportunity to make revenue that can help the, the, the company in, in one way or another, and then we're able to tie it together, just being creative. But from a sales perspective, that's, that puts a pretty challenging position in the salesman's hands to explain all that. So the way that we've tried to approach it with them is focus on one area and just sell this. And if you see an opportunity for something else, just bring it into whoever's in charge in that area and let them help you sell it in. So that's how we've tried to modify it to make it easier on them. But we're still very honestly, we're still kind of figuring that out ourselves. Amazing. What is a principle that you live by that has helped you, you know, grow your business? Yeah. Stay curious and look for opportunities. Those are things I love new things. And I've surrounded myself with people that love new things. 
So we start sharing things. And then when too many of us start sharing the same thing, we're like, hey, we should probably take a hard look at that. And even to the point where that nonprofit that I talked about on the arts started getting too close to the for-profit stuff that we do and, you know, with all the 3D and metaverses and that kind of stuff, it started intersecting to where we actually have now a, a for-profit side of that business and then how to change the nonprofit side because we were working with a lot of emerging artists on the nonprofit side and the level of their work, we didn't want to hurt and reflect upon the level of that we're actually doing because, you know, our names attached to it. So it became, so yeah, I mean, stay curious and look for opportunities because they're always there. If you just listen to your clients talk sometimes when they're not even talking to you, you'll overhear an opportunity and then go, I like risk. I don't gamble, but I look at things and I call it simple math. I can make the numbers work in a very simple way and do it. A lot of times I'll put skin in the game. And when you come to the customer and say, Hey, I've acquired this piece of equipment or I've done this and I think I can help you in this way. I overheard you say this problem and you're my partner. So I took it seriously and I made this investment. Like I had said before, I tested it on myself and I was able to do this. I can do this for you and help your business in this way. It's been a successful model for me. Is it for everybody? I don't know. I've certainly had some losers on that too. You know, it's not all, you don't always win. That might be one of the reasons I'm bootstrapped. I don't know if I could answer to, to investors on some of the things that I've done, but uh, I've got a good percentage on it. I've got, you know, I think good instincts when it comes to it. Amazing. One last question, Mark. What's next for you and your company? Uh, so the next thing that we're working on is, you know, when I was talking about getting into the arts, so we're opening an immersive museum. We acquired a building. Sorry, I'll step back a little bit. We acquired a building, a uh, 50,000 square foot building on three acres that we joke is a playground for us. So it's literally a tech playground. Anything and everything that we get into, we test here. We're doing some immersive experiences for a children's hospital. We recreated the room upstairs and we're able to bring the principals from the hospital over to see it. And they didn't know why we were bringing them over. We didn't tell them. And then, so they walk in and they were like, crap, I don't have to interfere with any of my patients. I'm, I'm sold, right? And so they were already sold, but they were able to do that. So upstairs, we are opening an immersive museum, which sounds great because it's art and it's, there's a lot of immersive museums happening. And we've been working a lot of, with a lot of these artists on different projects, you know, both for arts and then also for brand work. For us, it's an R&D playground for our retail clients. Um, you're playing with a lot of motion sensors and you're able to capture an immense amount of data and other things through these experiences. And again, for me, it's ways I'm going to be able to go back to my customers and say, hey, I did this thing. I was able to have 20,000 people interact with it and I was able to find out this. And we could do this in a retail environment. What do you think? Yeah. So it's, I couldn't have more fun doing it either. So I seem to have lucked out on this one. Mark, thank you for stopping by. How can people reach you? Our website, uh, yeswearemad.com. And for the art side, it's uh, yeswearemadarts.com. Yeah, that's probably the easiest way. I know we're on social and all that stuff, but I'm not real good at that. So I'm sure okay. everyone can figure it out through the website. Amazing. Thank you again, and we wish you right. the best of luck. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to The First 100. We hope it inspired you in your journey. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify, and share it with a friend starting their entrepreneurship journey. 
Leave us a five-star review. Your support will help spread our podcast to more viewers. 